1: feel it coming in the air, yeah. and there's screens from everywhere, yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill, I'm ready.
2: it's a dangerous Stop. love affair, Come on. can't be scared when it goes down, got a problem, tell me Stop. now, only thing that's on my mind, is who will this town tonight.
1: Hey, welcome oh. to Call Me Lesson of the Sports Talk, i Clancy, Demery, so cool, Lache. how do you pronounce the last name? Lache. Yeah, it. so it's yeah. not Lache.
3: No, it's not Lachey, so yeah, kwame been pronouncing it wrong for Just the past. Just speak few, up then. So.
1: Uh, we're in studio, Kwame will be calling in <laughs> 888-346-9144, voiceamerica.com, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk, follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Kwame at Kwame Lassiter. Got a lot to talk about today. We're gonna rapid fire through it. Colin Kaepernick signs a six-year, one hundred ten million dollars deal with sixty-one million guaranteed. We'll talk about why he might not get all of that money that's guaranteed. Uh, San Francisco's kind of left them an out in that contract, which is really smart on their behalf. Preview the NBA Finals game one tonight, Miami Heat, San Antonio Spurs. We'll talk about why I think that San Antonio will win in six games, if not five, depending on how the first two games go. LA Kings 3-2 overtime victory last night over the New York Rangers. One of the most exciting hockey games I've seen in a long time. And I guess I don't watch that much hockey, so I'm not really sure if, if that's normal or if uh, that's just playoff hockey. Because this, it might be what go down as one of the best playoff uh, playoff series uh in NHL history from top to bottom. Demi Luche, him and I went to an AYF fundraiser last night. Uh it was it was great. The living room down in Chandler, which is uh south of southeast of Phoenix for those of you that do not live here. Uh, it was a great event. A lot of money running through the room a lot of donations made uh fashion show a couple prizes given away a silent auction uh it was for a really good cause as well so i'm glad that uh that you and I were there uh I had to leave a little early, but he stayed till the end with his with his family and uh did did they enjoy themselves
3: yeah, they enjoyed themselves uh It was a real great event um thrown by uh, GN, uh gianna gianna uh, nicole um she held the event it was a great crowd great people um coming out supporting the a y f uh also thrown by d grayer who's on the commission board. Uh, he resides in Chandler as well, so yeah, it was a great event. Uh, got to you know meet meet a few uh, celebs and a few of the Cardinals players were there, and ASU football players and ASU head coach Coach Graham was even in attendance, and he got an award. So it was a great event. Uh, the fashion show was great. It was lovely to see that. Lovely to see that as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
3: Uh, but uh, yeah, they, they raised a lot of money. Um, can't wait for the next event. So yeah, it's pretty big time. Yeah, well,
1: cool. I think that we are going to try and link up and do something with them uh, at one point with Kwame Lasater Sports Talk. So uh, stay tuned for Definitely. that. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Durant, the only unanimous uh, f- first team All NBA vote getter, 125 votes. LeBron got 124. That one person. Uh, if, if it were other years before this one, I think would get. Um, staked and, and burned for for not voting for LeBron as the number one, as as unanimous uh, first-team All-NBA. This year was a little up and down for LeBron. I mean, he could just kind of flew under the radar, which is interesting. For him, uh, his points were down. He just kind of facilitated throughout the year, and when he needs to take over games, he did. But I felt like out of any year, out of the f- uh, four that these guys have been together in Miami, they cruised this year more than any. And it, it's interesting that they can just do that. You know, San Antonio's done that throughout the years, and somehow they've been able to get a lot of wins with sitting older players and, and sitting players in the second halves in fourth quarters. They had the best record in, in the Western Conference uh, many years uh, in recent history, and it's just interesting that some teams can just do this. Uh, usually, they're chock full of veterans with, with teams that do this, and uh, you have your superstars up top. LeBron... You know, he, he could be MVP every year. We all know that. He's won it four times. And this year, I, I understand why he wouldn't be a unanimous vote, even though it was only by one vote. Uh, Kevin Durant deserved it, obviously. MVP, uh, to round out the rest of the guys on the first team, Joakim Noah deserved it, in my opinion. Chris Paul, you know, it's fine. I'm very polarized with Chris Paul. He doesn't play full seasons. Um, he's never made it out of the second round of the playoffs. And he's only made it to the second <laughs> round of the playoffs twice. With I mean, even though he's made the playoffs uh, many years in his career, James Harden. We've talked. We talked about this off air. Not really sure why he was there. I feel like there were a lot of other players that could have made it. Demar, you mentioned uh, Steph Curry. That this was the year where I think maybe he would have uh, pulled through. And, and even Damian Lillard. I think Damian Lillard should have been on the second team. And Steph Curry, you're right, should have been on the first team.
3: Yeah, definitely James Harden. I, I wasn't too sold on him making this first team All NBA. Um, you can take it back to the All-Star weekend. You know, Steph Curry, he jumped even Chris Paul in All-Star votings this year. So off the court, um, with his superstar status coming along, he's he's there now. He should be entitled as a first-team nba every year, every year from here on out. He's the best shooter in the game. He, he leads his team to the playoffs every year. They had a fight, yeah, they came up short, maybe a foul call short, Against the Clippers in the first round this year, but he's taken the Clippers out before, and in the playoffs, he shows up in the playoffs. That's where your NBA superstars, your NBA players, show themselves. James Harden, he flat out, he doesn't plays no, he plays no defense. First off, he barely throws an assist, and he has one of the what top five starting five units in Houston, and he didn't even perform to to me uh, his superstar level. I mean, he'll shoot two for ten and three pointers like a night. Yeah, he, he might go off a couple nights, but I, w- I wasn't too sold on him being a first-teamer. first, first teamer. Like, come on. The only reason why he was starting in the All-Star game is because of Kobe Bryant's injuries. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're not going to beat Kobe in no voting until that man, until he's done in a couple <laughs> years. But besides the point, like Steph Curry, he, he's been there. He's up there now. He, to me, the face of the point guard status for the future for our, the younger generation I can speak for, of, you know, I can go out here throw 13 15 assists tonight but at the same time I'm getting mines. I'm getting 30. I can shoot the basketball, I can shoot the lights out the gym. Um people are scared of him. They you can get up by 18 against them, but you know good still got a chance to win this game because of Steph Curry. So, I think he should have been in the first first team um first team vote. Uh, maybe even over Chris Paul cuz he stays up and down on the injury prone list and I'm not sold on his playoff performances as well. But um what really was also a surprise to me to go along was the third team vote, seeing Mr. Paul George, Mr. Uh, – what can I say? Mr. Inconsistent of the NBA. Uh, maybe I could see maybe like a John Wall. He had a pretty good year this year. It's uh, a lot of other names I could think of. Uh, that really just surprised me to go along with the, all these NBA teams. I, I, how do they even vote? Like, how do they even put this together? Like –
1: I mean, a lot of it. You could tell that this year, more than most, it's not all political because Dwight Howard should have just got first team all uh, all NBA in the center position. That's just what has happened in the past because he's Dwight Howard because he gets double doubles because he's got the smile and which has kind of turned to a frown in the past couple of years. Definitely. But uh, Kim Noah, defensive player of the year. You know, he's. I want him on my team. I think everybody wants him on their team. In. It has a lot to say about these are technically the top five players of their position in the NBA. That's what first team All NBA means. And but I you mean,
3: have my, my thing is you have Durant, LeBron. Are they not the same position or?
1: I mean, you can. It, it's like in the All Star voting. There's no center position anymore. Right. It's two guards and three forwards. That's just what it is. This is they're, they're trying to hold true to the center position in this one. Uh, but it's you know it, when it really comes down to it, it doesn't really mean much. Except Paul George got a seven million dollar bonus for being on the third team All NBA. This is this is something that would upset me if I were Paul George. I mean, he seems pretty impressionable. Still, he's still young. Uh, he obviously very inconsistent, as you said. He doesn't really have a jump shot that everybody gives him credit for. He and he can get hot behind the three point line just like anybody else. But he is a layup dunker or a three point shooter. That mid range game that could exploit the defenses so greatly, especially with his size, he doesn't have yet. And I think that that, it, it's a lost art in the NBA, it is. It's starting to turn, turn back around a little bit, but mid-range jump shots is where your money's made. I mean, that's just what it is. Taking Look at Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook couldn't shoot from three and got to the line a lot, but he cultivated his game around that little 15-footer. Right. Because he can jump so quickly, because he's got such great elevation, that that's what got him got him up there averaging 25 27 points a game. Paul George doesn't have that yet. And third team all NBA I'd be lying to say that I think it was generous. I, I I'm not sure that they couldn't find a spot for him on the second team, but who are you going to who are you going to uh, knock off? Tony Parker, Steph Curry, Blake Griffin, Dwight Howard, Kevin Love were the second team and the third team Damian Lillard, LaMarcus Aldridge, Goran Dragic, Paul George, Al Jefferson. Gordon Dragic is finally getting some getting some run. You know he was a snub for the All Star team. Uh, he's was the most improved player of the year, which in in most years I feel like it's a throwaway award. It's to give somebody something that was potentially left off the All Star team and things in that regard. But he was he was the man in Phoenix. You can see a lot of Stephen Nash in him. You can see a lot of things that Phoenix fans have been waiting for in a point guard since Steven Nash has been gone and since he's been on his decline over, over the past four or five years. So I think with Gordon Drogic getting this, it puts the front office of the Suns in a pickle a little bit. Because Gordon Drogic has supplanted himself as the number one guy in Phoenix. You have, and we're kind of going off a little bit, you have Eric Bledsoe that needs to get paid, you're going to have a fairly high draft pick, you're going to need to put people in Phoenix that will make a superstar potentially want to come here and how do you do that with money? So they need to be very careful in an effort to not lose the pa- the players that they have. Because, they, they, I mean, they were almost a playoff team this year, and nobody thought that would even come close. They were supposed to win 17 games this year. 17 or 20 preseason. So keeping Gordon Dragic is very, very important, and so is keeping Eric Bledsoe or getting pieces for Eric Bledsoe if you have to sign and trade him.
3: Right. Uh I mean, Dragas, he yeah, he did have a standout year to me, my point. He saved kind of Phoenix's year. Even they, they started off hot with him and Bledsoe, you know, in the backcourt. And then once Bledsoe went down, like just he stepped up his game to a potential like that turned a lot of heads, obviously, to make him all third team. Um I I see that as, you know, it's it's a great reward on his toughness and him taking over a Phoenix organization where they won fit what, forty plus games? Four I think forty seven or forty eight. Yeah, forty forty seven games. Like that's hard to do in the NBA. Teams out on the East Coast, they don't know what forty games look like. Mm-hmm. Forty wins, I should say. And therefore, like is, he deserved does he deserve it? Yes. But at the same time, like I said, you could throw other guys on there. Russell Westbrook, definitely. But, you know, to his injuries and the coaches resting him for the playoffs so much, he had to take that back seat. So Congrats to Dragic, but I do To me, he's not top 15. I guess you could say no, or number no, three he's, no, point he's, guard no, in the NBA.
1: He's. I I think that what he did this year was recognized, and I think just one year. I think. I mean, he's. I think he averaged like 26 this year, which is a far cry from what he has in in, in past years, especially when he was with Houston. So I think he he took a huge step forward, and obviously it rewarded him with the most improved player award. On the other side of the break, we'll preview game one of the NBA Finals, Miami Heat, San Antonio Spurs. I'm really excited to talk about this. It's going to be a great series. 888-346-9144, Alex Clancy, Demarie Lachey. Is that right?
3: Yeah, you got it right. Yeah, we're. I'll be right back.
1: We'll be right back.
2: Sports and medicine go hand-in-hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
1: Welcome back. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk, voiceamerica.com, 888-346-9144. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Kwame at Kwame Lasseter. Talked about the All-NBA teams. Some highs, some lows, um, some exactly rights. Game one tonight in San Antonio, Miami Heat-San Antonio Spurs. They've changed the finals uh, uh, travel uh, uh, schedule to 2-2-1-1-1 from the 2-3-2 they've had for the past several years. So it mimics the first couple rounds of the playoffs and doesn't change for the finals. Do you think that it was a positive thing to have all of your games in a row uh, at home? When the two three two format, if you're the away team,
3: no, because I think that puts even more pressure in your odds of winning uh, the series, even worse than what it is. It's kind of like you getting faulted because you could be a number one seed being in the East, and then the number one seed being in the West. And say if that East Coast team or the Eastern Conference team is higher than the Western Conference team, but then when you meet, it's like you're giving all the odds for the East um, Eastern Conference team to win. But therefore, you know, I, I didn't see that being fair at all, having – you got to go on the road uh, for two games, and you got – the pressure's on for all three of those games because you got to make it a series. Because if you go 0-2, then you got three games at home. Yeah, you can look at it. Yeah, we got three games. Well, all they have to do is win one or one or two or, and just go back home and close up the series. So I think the new format will make it even better. I mean, regardless – with this series, with this the whole, the big rematch and everything, to me it doesn't even matter because these teams, they're, they're, they're so loaded with talent, with experience, with leadership, and they are used to each other. So I, for this series, I don't think it even matters. But in the future, yeah, I'm glad they changed it back because these two teams, they're ready to go.
1: Yeah, out. I mean, it's interesting, and I agree with you. I, this year more than any, and you can even pull the NHL playoffs into this, home court doesn't matter. It doesn't mean jack. No. I mean I mean look at I mean Indiana, let's say that they they were down 3 1 to Atlanta. They won on the road when they needed to. They got blown out at home twice in that series. They got blown out at home against Washington uh, in one of the games. And yeah, I mean good teams, good veteran teams, it really doesn't matter. The only thing that it would potentially matter for, and hopefully it doesn't, is the referee calling. Because you know you get home court calls in theory, nothing's fixed. They're not trying to make it a seven game series or anything in theory, and other than that, the experience will supersede all. And these two teams are probably the most experienced from top to bottom, especially in playoffs and finals play. I mean, San Antonio has more experience than Miami just because they've had the same team forever. Ever since the inception, ever since Tony Parker, Mano Ginobili, and Tim Duncan were all a unit, all they've done is just put little pieces around them that, uh, that could complement the big three there. But I think any other team that has done it
3: has done it the San Antonio way. Is, sounds as you put it. I mean, it sounds like Miami's that next team now, because they think about it. They, they haven't made no big trades. They didn't pick up no free agent. They might pick up one or two player for their bench. But other than that, they still have their same statue guys of like them. Yeah, the, but they finals. got
1: but they got those guys in a very different way. The the Spurs draft organically, they get everybody, they drafted Tony Parker, they drafted Manny Ginobili, they drafted Tim Duncan. Okay, so you have your big three through the draft. Yeah. You didn't say, here, here's $110 million, come play for us. Here's $110 million, come play for us. The Miami Heat is everything that's wrong with the NBA and how things are changing, wow. in my opinion. You, you look at San Antonio and you see the 1970s. You see before huge trades happened. You see before big contracts happened. Tim Duncan... He isn't making that much money comparatively speaking. You know, all these guys that are getting these huge contracts haven't won jack yet. Like James Harden, Dwight Howard, all these guys are getting buku money and that's just to put seats put people in the seats. Tim Duncan's making 11-12 million dollars a year. That's pretty much what he's capped out at. And I understand the market's smaller in San Antonio. Yeah. I understand there's not as much money as there is maybe in Dallas or or you know Miami for that for that reason. But the the way these two teams have been constructed is completely different.
3: Well, the reason why is because in San Antonio, you gotta they they they're not they know there's no big time one superstar, maybe two or three superstars gonna come in. Not even superstars, just stars, or yeah, just stars of the league gonna come signing with San Antonio. So therefore, they have to build and construct just a great basketball team, which they have done under Greg Popovich, his system, which they they've done and they showed it. Cities like as of Miami, L.A., New York, you know, you got to bring in the stars. This is our big marketing cities. So therefore, I kind of applaud the way that Miami put their team together because they're like, yo, San Antonio, they've been they was winning the championships before LeBron and them put themselves together. So with the the way that they've done it, opened a lot of doors to hey, you guys need to get on board, get some of these other uh, second – second-tier players to build, to bring into your system and make them superstars, make them a better, make them more, you know, just more valuable to our team, to our assets. Therefore, when they come playoff times and series time, we'll stay together for a few years. We'll take we'll, uh, take other guys who'll take the pay cuts, come in and get their time and build our team, build on years and years and years of success as what LeBron and D-Wade have done. So I applaud it. Um, it's moving to another way. That way they don't have to worry about draft picks making the right pick overpaying a guy. No, we're going to get this guy a few years, his two years if he doesn't produce, if we can't get bigger than where we're at, then we're, we're going to move on to another yeah, team.
1: Yeah, and I think it's, it's easy for me to say all these things because they have the best coach in the game right now, Greg Popovich so they get, he gets the most out of everybody and if not, as you said, see you later. You know, that's just what it is. I, and I, I say this, and I continue to use this as an example. Danny Green got cut three times before they, before Popovich gave him one more chance. Gave him one more chance. Now he has the most threes in any final series in NBA history. So he gets things out of people. He squeezes the juice out of people that not other coaches can do. Uh, with Miami, I mean, this is... Why David Stern, this is why there was almost a lockout, this is why David Stern changed a collective bargaining agreement because he doesn't want major market teams to have all the good players. And teams like Milwaukee and Cleveland and, and everybody like that, the Wizards even before this year, before those draft picks worked out with John Wallen and, and Bradley Beal, they'd be, they'd be in the black hole of basketball because nobody would want to go there, there wouldn't be any money there, and all the good players would be elsewhere. And you'll see Minnesota will, will share that same fate when Kevin Love leaves, because you can only do so much as a commissioner, and now he's obviously the former commissioner, with regards to having players go to where they want to go. And because that's, that's the culture that the NBA has built. It's a player's league. The players get to determine where they go. They get to determine when they don't want to play Carmelo Anthony. They get to determine where they'll take $20 million less million to be out of the spotlight, Dwight Howard. They'll take all of these things and... The suits really can only do so much. The only thing that David Stern did was veto the trade from Chris Paul to L.A., which would have allowed another big market team to have three big players because Dwight Howard would have stayed there with Kobe and Chris Paul if that trade would have gone through. So with Miami, they were like the last team to get away with it. They are the last team to get away with it before the new collective bargaining agreement started. So all of these things, you put them in the finals tonight, and they couldn't have made it to the same spot in a more different fashion both franchises, and it's so exciting to see old school versus new school. Even though Miami's getting a little bit older, they're still in the forefront of the new school mentality, Definitely, and you're looking at San uh, San Antonio in black and white. You know, they could, this team could have played in the 60s. You know, they don't do anything special. Well, the three-point shot is pretty important to them, so whenever the three-point shot was was put in, I don't (laughs) know, 80, 79, or 80, or 81, um, it was before that. But yeah, so tonight, this is going to in my opinion, this will set the stage for the rest of the series because San Antonio has something that Miami hasn't seen yet. They have three big guys that are capable, that play defense, that pass the ball, not like Roy Hibbert who, you know, disappears uh, from, you know, for 48-96 game minutes at a time. Dwight, uh, Tim Duncan, Boris Diaw, Tiago Splitter might give them fits down low. And I don't think Chris, jo- uh, Chris Anderson can play more than 18-20 minutes a game without being gassed. So they have to make a decision on how they're going to do this, if they're going to really try and put LeBron on Tim Duncan and see if he can actually body him up, which I think to a certain extent he could, but Tim Duncan is just so long, so lanky, he knows how to use his body weight, he, knows how to, he, knows, he just knows how to get to the basket and, and get easy baskets, or suck in the double team and find the open man for three. I mean, this, these are the problems that Miami's going to face, and that's why I'm picking Mi- uh, San Antonio in five or six.
3: Yeah, I mean, Miami, They, they. I think they're going to just try to cause a lot of chaos for San Antonio's offense because they know with Tony Parker in the game, what is he known for? Dribble, 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 dribble. He's going to dribble left, right, up the middle, back, whatever. He's going to do his thing with with dribbling around the court. So, therefore, they're going to create chaos. What they did with Indiana, the traps, even with Charlotte and – um, who would they play after? Charlotte. Even with Charlotte and Indiana, like, they just trapped the ball a lot. They trapped the guards a lot. So therefore, if you trap Tony Parker, he's going to try to dribble, dribble, dribble all he can to an attempt, to a pass attempt that you got guys on the wings like D-Wade and LeBron and Chalmers who can get out of steals and just get out and make Brooklyn. runs. Yeah, yeah, they I play Brooklyn. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. They play Brooklyn. <laughs> I forgot about the old Brooklyn dinosaurs. But, yeah, even against Brooklyn, you know, they trap Le- Livingston a lot, D-Williams, D. the reason why he faded because he got trapped. Um, Miami, they really, they caused a lot of chaos with a lot of – a lot of length at the uh, on the backcourt end um, of their rosters, and you know they're just they just they're gonna have to outrun San Antonio. They're gonna make big boy Tim Duncan. They're gonna make him run. And I think if you put LeBron on him for a long time, I I don't see LeBron really guarding Tim Duncan. Actually, like he's gonna chase around Tony Parker like he did last year.
1: But Chris Bosh can't guard him. I mean, they're probably gonna put him on there. I mean, but no one can. Who's gonna draft? Who's gonna? Um, who's going to guard Tiago Splitter, like Richard Lewis? Somebody like that where or you might even have LeBron guard Tiago Splitter and double wherever he can because he's not an offensive threat.
3: No, he's not. Uh, not they're
1: going to get killed. They're a bad offensive rebounding team to begin with. So the rebounding battle, I, it's impossible to say that Miami will out-rebound San Antonio, which is so key, especially when San Antonio is such a half-court half offense team. You need the possessions. You need the defensive rebounds. You need all these little things in an effort to win games. And the number one key for San Antonio is to keep Miami off the fast break points. And and that's alluding to what you said, all the chaos and whatnot. Just see Manu Ginobili starting in a couple of these games where you have two point guards on the court at all times, which could potentially burn the trapping system that Miami has used and has been so effective throughout the years. I think Mando Ginobili is going to be the X Factor as he always is, but this might be one of his last runs. So he needs, I mean, he plays hard every day. Everybody hates him. Everybody hates the bald spot. Everybody hates all these things unless you're a San Antonio Spurs fan or unless you hate the Miami Heat so much you become a Spurs fan. I think Manu Ginobili will be the guy in this series. He can win finals MVP. I truly believe that because Dwayne Wade can't hang with him. Tony Parker is going to be a focal point. Tim Duncan is going to be a focal point. The three-point shooter is going to be a focal point, and people forget about Manu Ginobili. It's unbelievable how much they forget about him and how well he does in final series. Yeah. He's he's somebody that you never want to see in crunch time games. But you the, never want to see day him.
3: his kryptonite. He win a lot of games and he will lose yeah, a lot. Yeah. Of
1: games. When he lost, well, uh, that's not fair. Cause he'll, that's he'll, not fair.
3: He'll come out there and overshoot sometimes. Yeah. Right? He'll, well, I mean, he'll the, the charge it.
1: call. Uh, I think it may have just gone out of bounds late in the series uh, last year, would proved to be the decision, the deciding factor. But I mean, he 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 did a lot to get them there as well. So you can't call one uh, one play. Um, the make or break of a series so we'll see I mean we'll talk a little bit more about this on the other side of the break what Miami really needs to do besides fast break points to win and what San Antonio needs to keep Miami from doing in an effort to beat them and go 1-1 one and one in the last two years Carmen Lester Sports Talk Alex Clancy Demory Lachey we'll be right back Aubrey Sports Talk, 888-346-9144. 3rd segment, Alex Clancy, Demi Lachey in studio. We're previewing the Miami Heat-San Antonio Spurs final series. Game one is tonight, 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. I can't wait until all the other clocks change, all the other times change, and Arizona stays the same, so all these games start an hour later. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Having Sunday night football starting at 6.30 instead of 5.30. It's the best. Getting to sleep in an extra hour and not having to wait <laughs> till one o'clock, like here on the East Coast. Game starting at to eleven. I'm used to, I'm, oh, yeah, you're gonna I'm be so to, happy! I'm
3: used to games starting at like nine p.m. Yeah, after the game going, I don't even get a chance
1: to see the whole game sometimes. Oh, they, welcome to the not. right side. <laughs> welcome to the right side. Yeah, I, can't I mean, wait. you're gonna be so excited yeah. to wake up at nine forty-five and be able to watch football. it's yeah. awesome. And then ten forty-five for uh, half the year. Oh my god, it's fantastic. Game one tonight: Miami Heat, San Antonio Spurs. In your opinion, what is the most important thing that Miami has to do if they want to win this series? In my opinion, I would
3: say do what they do: create turnovers, create turnovers, and cause chaos, and get the running. Do what they get: get LeBron running with three-point shooters at his wing, and then plus you got Chris Bosh running from block to block because he, he, Chris Bosh, he's he can he's run. He's known for you know he's a big man that can run the floor. So with him running with LeBron and D Wade, and then you got Ray Allen, Shaw Lewis, Battier, these guys on the wing who's ready to let their trigger go, you know, ready to just pull the trigger on on the three point ball. That's that's dangerous. So for them, in my opinion, you know, create turnovers, create these turnovers, get Chalmers, you know, on the ball heavy and causing chaos. Him and Norris Cole, Norris Cole's been playing great defense this playoff series. He's been causing hectic for a lot of point guards in the NBA in the East, in the Eastern Conference. So step his game up put them on Tony Parker a little bit, create some chaos, get Miami running. You know, just get them in an open floor. Then even Bosch now stretching the floor. He just stretch four or five now. So pulling Duncan out the lane, that gives LeBron more time and D-Wade to go one-on-one. One. So in my opinion, get the running, stretch the floor out, cause chaos, chaotic defense, get some turnovers, do what they do. That's, yeah, that's, I think that's 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 pretty much the only chance, in my opinion, that they'll have to win this. Yeah, series. one of
1: the main differences between the two is that Miami can come back from a big deficit, and San Antonio has more trouble because they're not a running team. They can run, you know, they dabble in running, but they're more of a half court offensive team. You know, th- he's a mastermind, great Popovich, of bitches, yeah. whom, uh, whom speaking. If they go down 16, 18 points in any some sort of game, that, that's pretty much a wrap if it's midway through the third quarter. Miami yeah. has it in them, has the, a has the star power in them to come back from large deficits. And San Antonio is known to getting out to large, to large leads. So th- that major difference, especially with when the lights are so bright in the NBA Finals, uh, could be a huge plus, huge ace, in the, ace up the sleeve for, for the Miami Heat to be able to just knock down threes. Ray Allen, that's what he does. That's what he does. In big games, yeah. he can keep you in it, he can push the lead, and he can he can bring you back into a game when you when you're down. Uh LeBron James has an above average three-point shot comparatively speaking to the rest of his career. So Dwayne Wade uh is is going to be another X factor in this in this series. Yeah. He's healthy. I mean, you know, he, he he's got to be as healthy as possible as physically possible right now because 10 games in the la- in 55 days before the playoffs started. So he 's rested he 's shown dwayne Wade isms in these playoffs that we haven 't seen all year, obviously because he 's been an afterthought and you can thank LeBron James for that <laughs> uh, and you can thank you know Norris Cole for that and Mario Chalmers and all these guys that are playing more minutes. Richard Lewis has shown flashes, even though most of the year uh, he rode the pine miami 's scary if everybody 's healthy because Dwayne Wade and LeBron James know how to play with each other you know they 're like they play with each other forever now because they practice and they 've worked on both of their skill sets fusing together into being a a, a two man duo you know instead of just lebron and everybody else when times are elevated when 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 the pressure is elevated Dwayne wade rises also he's one of the, he's one of the clutchest players in in the playoffs in in the final in the nba still and you have all of these components that you need to be running at all cylinders full throttle all day every day if you're going to beat the spurs yeah because they're just
3: they can do this in their sleep. Miami's a deep, experienced team. We're talking
1: – Deep is
3: – I mean, we're talking like NBA history here. They've been to four – this is their fourth straight NBA final. Like, four straight. You know, that that, that just doesn't happen. And then a chance to even get a three-peat, this team is they're, – they're on a whole nother level from when they started back when they lost – took that loss to Dallas. And you know all the scrutiny they took that whole season – bringing in the big three, from, from them bringing in their big three to where they are now, they're on a whole nother level. So you, there really is no let off from what they bring to do on th- the court. Do
1: you think it's it would be deemed a success if they lose to San Antonio in this series? They go two and two in four years. Yeah, making it to the finals is great. Jim Kelly made it to four Super Bowls, right, and didn't win one? Yeah. So, I mean, you have getting there is fine. Donovan McNabb got booed out of Philly after getting to – you know, what, how, how many uh, uh, NFC championship games? Six? Yeah. it to one Super Bowl. So um, I'm not sure if this experiment, well, I mean, obviously it would be somewhat of a success because they won championships in Miami, made a whole lot of money for the city of Miami, as if they need it, and, you know, <laughs> it, it, it just added to LeBron's legacy. But where does LeBron go from here? Let's, let's jump to this. Say San Antonio beats them in, say, in five games. Okay. Say say they beat him in five games, which I don't think is going to happen. I think it's more six. Beat him in five games, obviously show that they're su- the superior team. Does LeBron James opt in for his last year? Does he have to win this year to opt in and not go look somewhere
3: else? I think he I think he was going I think he's going to stay. I think he's going to opt in and stay. Even if they one more even year. if they get even, even if they lose in in a five-game series cuz that's going to Determine him. You know what? I got the team. I'm gonna try this at least one last time. This is my last official. Because then he'll be a well, an unrestricted free agent. So therefore, you know, he's still they they can all still come back for one more year. So if they lose like in a five game series, yeah, he's he's definitely gonna come back.
1: Yeah, I, I you know they they're,
3: they're all gonna come back.
1: I don't necessarily. I mean, I guess that makes sense, but it's unless he loves living in Miami, unless it's it's more than just a basketball decision. In Miami. Yeah, I bet he does. <laughs> Uh, but, but he's a different cat, you know, yeah. he, he's different. He's got three boys, right? Yeah. Three, I three think. Sons. And he's got a wife, and he just, for as much as he's in the public eye, as much as he's in the media, as much as he's, you know, the, the focal point of the NBA for every second that the season is going on, he doesn't really care that much, it seems like. You know, he, he, he likes his family life. He likes all these things, which is super polarizing because uh, Michael Jordan was always in Vegas gambling, you know, whatever. These people are very different off the court. He seems like the fun-loving guy that he is on the court. You know, so, I mean, when it comes down to what he's going to do for him and his family, he might sign another seven-year extension and stay there. Maybe he doesn't care about legacy. I just, I think he does, and I think that he's a student of the game, and there are very few guys... That know as much history as he does, Kobe Bryant being one of them.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, and winning championships is the only thing that matters. You know, you can have as many, uh, you can have as many regular season wins or, or whatever possible. You can paint Manning it, do great in the regular season, and and, and stink stink the bed in, in the playoffs. I mean, look at look at when he was with Cleveland. He went over sixty games two or three years. You know, they made it to the finals once, but nobody remembers that. Yeah. Everybody remembers championships.
3: LeBron's well, gonna go to the best decision. Of him winning more championships, um, he's just gonna lose to that. If that's going back to Cleveland and they bring in some free agents, <laughs> I mean, I could see him opting to there, but I think it's a better chance of people coming to South Beach, Miami. Just, more guys will want to, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm gonna go to Miami. I'm gonna go join LeBron because he's winning rings, like valuable assets, not just anyone. Because like, Miami, they are only, they are they're not gonna look at you know just bench players who they can fill in here and there. They already have that. They already have a talented bench that is more experienced now. This is year three of their their core bench players. And, you know, I can see him coming back with them. He built the relationship around them. He trusts those type of guys. Then you bring in like a Kevin Love, not, not saying a Carmelo or anything, but you bring in another star who will take that second tier because everybody's going to be second tier towards LeBron. So, therefore – I think he'll feel more comfortable Pat Riley bringing in guys than Dan Gilbert.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. But I, I see it as Hurricane Jordan ripped through Chicago for a decade. And they won championships, and that was it. You have Jordan, a blip on the radar, put Chicago on the map. They've stunk before. They stink after Miami. Hurricane LeBron runs through Miami, wins a couple championships. They stunk before, besides that championship that Dwayne Wade had in 05, and they'll probably be awful after. I think it's the same thing. I think he's an independent contractor, as I've said before, (laughs) and I think he's going to go somewhere to just bring championships. And I hope for him that he finds a home somewhere else. I hope for him that he doesn't go anywhere after his next destination. Because I think that it will make him look like He's championship-seeking. Look at Shaq. Shaq went to Phoenix. Shaq went to Cleveland. Shaq went to Boston. Shaq did, was championship-seeking, and that is very, very unappealing, especially in the annals of time. You know, Magic played on one team. Lucky enough because he had so many All-Stars, so many Hall of Famers on that team. Larry Bird, one team. I mean, I know that it's a very different day in, in age now, But if he goes from Cleveland to Miami, and then say he goes to whatever, the Lakers, and then he goes to the Knicks, and then he goes back home for three years at a time, it's not going to look good upon him in the history of basketball. Even if he wins two more. well, He won this one here, he won this one here, he won this one here. I think that there is a lot of weight held in winning many in one spot. That's where the greats have done it. Bill Russell, Michael Jordan. I mean, even the Pistons died. It was always the Pistons with Isaiah Thomas. It was always the Pistons with James Edwards and and Vinny Johnson and Joe Dumars and Joe Joe Dumars is still with the Pistons. So I just think that with him, he needs to find one place to call home and stay there, and suck it up if you don't if you don't make it to the finals one year and suck it up if you have a bad year. But LeBron's
3: LeBron at the end of the day, so he's going to do it his way. If he ha- if he goes out and wins championships elsewhere, to all these other places, think about his resume at the end of his career. That would be like wow he. He went two different in two different systems each year, still winning NBA championships. That's a whole nother level. Like That's that, wow. See,
1: and this is this is that, the that. bridge of new age thinking, because in the history of time, and I've talked about like I'm 55 years old, like I've seen all this happen. Um, <laughs> it's different now and I understand that. Yeah. Going to win championships. Why can't? I just don't understand why you can't stay in one spot and win. Why you need to be around new players every couple of years to win. I just don't get it.
3: Because he's not Kobe, he's not Michael Jordan. He's LeBron James. So he will entitle himself, you know what, I don't have to stay in one place.
1: Yeah, I, I just don't. Have to. But yeah, <laughs> I understand, but that's kind of cop-out-ish. If he wins, if he goes 2-2 two two in four years in, in Miami in the finals... If, if he thinks that, I mean, if he's going to go down as the best all time, he's got to win at least three more. That's just what it is, Yeah. if not four. He's got to win three or four more, and I think the changing systems every couple of years might not be the most conducive to do that. Corbin Lassner's Sports Talk, 888-346-9144. We'll be right back.
2: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Arms, arms. I
1: don't like this I'm one. know All right, welcome back. Call me Lassiter sports talk, 888-346-9144. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner, Alex Clancy, Demry Lachey in studio. I'm trying to get Kwame back on the line. We're having some phone issues. Talk to NBA Finals. Colin Kaepernick, six year, $110 million contract, $61 million guaranteed. Whew. He's getting paid $1.074 million this year. He gets a signing bonus of $12 million, which is interesting. $12 million signing bonus of $60 million guaranteed. Traditionally, the signing bonus is between, you know, it's over $20 million. That that's like you get your bulk up front. So I think that San, San Francisco is hedging their bet at this point. I believe with, and I think about Kevin Cobb because we're in Phoenix, Arizona, and this is the closest thing to it that we've had with big contracts for quarterbacks. Uh, and that one obviously didn't work out so well. They can cut him. I think it's uh, March thirtieth, March thirty-first. After a couple years, it will save him from that'll save them from. Uh, paying him the rest of his of his uh, guaranteed money. So San Francisco did the smart thing, hedged their bet a little bit, as I, as I mentioned, and uh, but they still gave this guy a lot of money. And this can't help but beg the question, Russell, Russell Wilson's going to get paid soon, okay? Their offense is lacking to begin with. Take away Marshawn Lynch, and Tate's gone. Is this going to become a deterrent for teams with paying your quarterback's an exorbitant amount of money. I mean, look at Joe Flacco. They lost their whole team to keep him for that contract. So I'm not really sure this is the way to go. I understand the quarterback is the elite position. The quarterback is the face of your team in most cases. But it's just the right thing to do, especially with a young quarterback.
3: The quarterback position has definitely changed. It's a whole new era in the QB position. I'm saying this because a lot of these guys who have longer careers come from your your late-round draft picks come from your undrafted free agents. So, therefore, at the receiver position, look what – like you said, look what Seattle did. They brought in Percy Harvin, who they signed him to a big big deal, big contract deal, and then they put around him, you know, like a curse, Golden Tate, just just guys drafted in the later rounds. So, therefore, you can build your team in these skill positions with just, just guys who's there for the hunger, who has a story behind them. You know, they're not – Coming in, I think it's a waste of time if you pay coming in like coming into a first round draft pick a receiver or a running back. You see that's t- titling down more because you can find these type of guys at the end and late rounds, like Washington Redskins running back. You know he almost led the le- league in rushing two years ago when they made the playoffs. Like fantasy had him, definitely, definitely. Morris. Definitely Alfred Like he changed the game. Like he changed the deal. Uh, the Colts running back, um, Donald uh, Brown. No Ballard. Vic ball oh, Yeah, he had over a thousand yards. Undrafted mm-hmm. free agent, like these guys, they they made their story. So therefore, you, to me, yeah, you overpay that quarterback position. You got a dual threat quarterback, Russell Wilson. Yeah, he's smiling at his, he's smiling at his chops right now. He just wanted came off a of Super Bowl, ready for his contract deal, and then you got Kaepernick already signing his. Oh yeah, he's 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 loving life right now. He's, yeah. he's smiling so big right now. But to me, what like you like they cost so much hectic. For defenses, a dual-threat quarterback who co- who can also throw the ball as well, who has a deadly cannon arm, who's going to get better with more experience, more games he play, because he he he's still young. Kyle Kaepernick is very young, so therefore, I think you do pay over uh, dual-threat type quarterback who's learning how to throw the ball better, more more playoffs experience. I mean, this guy getting the best experience ever. He's been to what three, two. Well, it's a backup. Well, he, yeah, he didn't yeah. play. He didn't play the first one, but he's been in three NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl.
1: Donald McNam. So, I mean, you have so you have Russell Wilson. Uh, Richard Sherman just got paid a lot. Uh, I mean, uh, Marshawn Lynch is going to have to get paid at some point. You know, he's going to need a contract extension in the next couple Do of years you really, if they want to hang you on really to him.
3: you really think, though? Because you can get to, like I said, you know, you, it's been proven in the pot, and, you know, it's facts that you can get a running back anywhere,
1: anytime. He's their focal point of their offense. It's it's a lot different there when you have your defense and you have your running back. It is you can't just bump that in. I mean, beast mode is beast mode. You know, he he runs through the tackles uh, probably second to Adrian Peterson out of anybody in the whole league. Definitely. So you need that. You need that goal line guy. You need that guy that because Robert Turbin's not going to do it for you. I mean, you can't bring you can't bring a bounce out uh, running back into that system. You just can't. I mean, it'll falter. That's what that's what Russell Wilson is there for, is to bounce outside, and you have. So you have Richard Sherman that just got paid. And Russell Wilson will get paid. They're different quarterbacks, Kaepernick and him. Russell Wilson is looked at as a running quarterback, but he's not. That's his last option. He doesn't look out of the pocket. First option's not there. I'm taking off. And that's what Kaepernick has gotten better at because that's how he started. He was fast. He's gazelle-like, as everybody says. I still would take Cam Newton over uh, Colin Kaepernick. I just would. Uh, Because, well, first of all, Cam Newton probably weighs 80 pounds more and they're about the same height. Uh, Cam Newton is learning, though, how to run an offense, and I don't think Kaepernick's got there yet. I just don't think that he warrants this money right now. I think you pay it forward in the NFL, just like baseball, and you just hope it works out. But I wouldn't have given him this much money. I would have, I mean, I'm not, I'm not about to say that I would rather let him go than, than pay him all this money, but he could be a detriment to the 49ers. You have a lot of veterans on that team that want a piece that have been in the league for more than three years. Like, Vernon Davis is one of them. He's got two years remaining on his $42.5 million contract. He hasn't gone to OTAs yet. The, the mandatory minicamps are starting soon, and he was interviewed as saying, you know, I, I think I probably should go. But, I mean, he, he's the third highest tight end paid in the NFL. Rob Gronkowski doesn't stay on the field, and Jimmy Graham is the best potential offensive player in the NFL, quarterbacks included, for what he does.
3: Well, how so much the g- of an elite level, Vernon Davis? You think I is don't know. Bring out to I that? don't know. That's
1: I don't know. So I mean, and that's a whole thing. Yeah. S- that San Francisco and Seattle are very similar in that regard. You have nice role players. You don't have anybody that's k- supremely exciting. Michael Crabtree's. It's become one of the better position, re- uh, the best uh, situational receivers in the NFL. I mean, he, he Kaepernick's bread was buttered on third down with Michael Crabtree last year. Mediocre. Well, they. I mean, they made it to the NFC Championship game. So, obviously they, obviously they did something right, and they have the personnel around them to do it. And it's going to come down to a point where you're going to have to pay everybody else, and it's all sucked into Kaepernick's contract. We might have a situation there in San Francisco. And this is the whole thing. Again, Joe Flacco, same thing. They had to get rid of the whole damn team to keep him. So it's, I don't think this is the best way to go about it. Tom Brady, you know, he restructured his contract, even though... It made him look like a saint, but yeah. now all of his money's guaranteed. So he took less money, quote-unquote, but all the money he's making now is guaranteed. And that new, that's why New England does it right. They just get people that'll take a little bit less money in an effort to win a championship or be in a position to every year, and that's why they'll always be relevant, even when Tom Brady's gone. If Belichick's there, Robert Kraft does it right, the owner there, that's why it's different. They're different than everybody else.
3: Yeah, you got to you got to pay that quarterback position, though. Right, you know, even, even with Brady's getting paid... Like you said, like they bring it. They have that system where they can just bring in a lot of guys. They, you know, they load themselves with draft picks every year. Don't trade none of the draft picks. They'll have like nine draft picks in in one draft year. So they load themselves up with drafts. Everyone else is starting to catch up and see. I believe you know they're starting to see. Like you know, we can do it the New England way. We can do it even better. We have a little bit more money than New England as the San Francisco 49ers team does. So you can build around a Kaepernick, I believe, and for this new generation, they like, you know, you you need that. I wouldn't say you won't need a like a superstar at your other positions, but therefore, around Kaepernick, I don't think he really would need because he can make so many plays off with his feet. He would, he doesn't really need a Vernon Davis, honestly. He can get uh Marcellus Bennett, a tight end like in that structure, a l- little bit cheaper, but still, you know, knows the game. And it, Kaepernick can make him look better because he'll make so many more plays on the, f- on the field.
1: Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Joe Flacco, Eli Manning, uh, Russell Wilson. All of these guys won Super Bowls before they got their big contracts. Aaron Rodgers wasn't paid yet when they won a Super Bowl. Drew Brees wasn't paid yet getting that $60 million guaranteed when he won a Super Bowl. Eli Manning has never made top dollar in the NFL. Uh, Joe Flacco didn't have a contract. He was going to be a free agent if they didn't win a Super Bowl that year because he said he, didn't, he wanted to wait till the end of the year to resign his deal, to extend his deal. He won a, he won a Super Bowl that year. He got $120 million. Russell Wilson, making $875,000 a year, won a Super Bowl. You have to win, and then you get paid for the rest of your life. That's just what it is, which I don't think is fair. I think you do it on talent and not on what people have done for you in the past. And, and when I said pay it forward, that was wrong. You pay it <laughs> backward. That's what I meant to say. You pay it backward. All well, guys what you've done.
3: Name, f- all the, sorry. i cut you off. But all those guys you name had a tremendous defense for that Super Bowl. Uh, game at the, end of the day.
1: Aaron Rodgers' defense gave up the most yards in, in the whole season. The, the most yards of any team in that year. Yeah, had a of player of the year in Charles Woodson most yards given up <laughs> in the season when they won Would the you? Super Bowl. Look it up. <laughs> Alex I'll Clancy, leave. Alex Clancy, Demary Lachey in studio. we got about 30 seconds. Follow me at Clancy's Corner on Twitter, at Kwame Lasser for Kwame, 888-346-9144. We will see you guys tomorrow.